Welcome to the Landco Podcast, an analytical behind-the-scenes look into land investing and land ownership, covering marketing conditions, current inventory, and updates on all relevant land ownership issues here in Illinois, mixed in with some timely hunting and fishing reports. Welcome to the Landco Podcast, here with uh, Ryan Pudick today. This is the first episode of the new series, Top 10 Ways to Increase the Value and Enjoyment of Your Farm. Uh, primarily talking recreational farms. So these are in no particular order. The uh, The first one we're going to start with is trails and roads. So the format of this is I'm going to run through just some basic questions on what we're talking about. So what is it? Um, in this instance, we're talking about uh, anything that has to do with access. So that could be grass trails all the way up to gravel roads. So that's what we're talking about in this episode. So I'll run through some questions like why would you, why would you do it? You know, how does it increase the value and enjoyment? Uh, then we'll go into like when and where is it possible? And then lastly, we'll talk about how, you know, different ways that you can accomplish that. So again, what we're talking about this episode is everything to do with access. So trails, grass trails to the timber, grass trails around a field edge, um, all the way up to gravel roads, you know, going into a farm if you're on an easement or something like that. So um, let's hop right in and, and talk about why you would do this. So again, here with Ryan Pudick today, and first a little bit about um, background. So Ryan and I both come from like the development side where back, when was that? Like 2000? 2004, 5. 2004, 5, all the way up through like 2009, I think. 10. 10. Yeah. Uh, we were with a group that would buy properties and develop them purely for resale. So We've done it all, um, seen what works, seen what didn't work, unfortunately, um, but we've done it all. So out of all the stuff that we have done, is there anything that I pitched more than trails from the second we bought any property? No. So here's why. First, they're cheap to do, so I love that. But secondly, we were always doing it for resale, and it is almost impossible to sell a farm that you can't show. So, you know... A deer hunter, okay, would buy. There's very few people that would walk an entire timber track with no, no trails, right? A deer hunter would. You you but might. I would, but you know, not most people wouldn't. Yeah, and even then, you can do it in what winter? Winter? Yeah, you're not going to do it in in August, or June, July, or August because you can't because yep. the undergrowth is so. Yeah. So, from in terms of value, it's not like it all of a sudden increases your value of your farm by 500 bucks an acre, but you can sell it. Like you can show people the farm to sell it. So this to me was always the biggest and first thing to do to a farm. If if a farm doesn't have good access, I always say, let's go in and do trails. Um, And and not just trails through the timber. There's always farms. You know, some of those farms we had in Fulton County, the farmer would farm right up to the field edge and Mm -hmm. you couldn't, you know, you could walk around it, but you couldn't drive an ATV or anything like that. So, you do that at all your farms. You yeah, we always hold back the crops for a couple of reasons. And this, I might be jumping ahead to the to the why, but uh, crops up against the timber do not produce. Right. So you might as well hold them out a little bit from the field. And we always hold ours out roughly 15 feet. 15 feet some so people can do 10. Some people may only do five or six. But uh, at least it gives you the opportunity to, if you wanted to go by foot, you can go, you can walk around the field edge. Um or an ATV, or even a truck like ours. Yeah, and you do fifteen because you have a fifteen foot batwing, right? So it's right, just so easy it's easy mow. for us to mow. Yeah. Correct. <clears throat> um, 
so you guys actually plant so you can actually take advantage of that you do a like clover or alfalfa in a lot of years sometimes we'll do we'll do a uh a roundup ready alfalfa uh just because it it controls the weeds so the we put the alfalfa in the alfalfa may only get 12 or 14 inches between the times we mow yeah. it and but there's no weeds so we right. don't have to worry about that uh sometimes we just do regular just cheap grass uh you know like a waterway mix around the perimeter uh we've done clover uh but the, the best that we've the the best uh thing that we've planted is probably like an alfalfa uh roundup ready alfalfa because you don't have to so compete clean. with weeds yeah and it's kind of a staging area deer goes well, it's the good for the greens. and it's good for the quail and the pheasants as well because they like to get into the alfalfas to get the grasshoppers and the insects so you know it's a it's a multi-use yep. strip i guess okay um so in terms of when and where that you would think about doing this, it's pretty easy. I mean, it's any farm that you don't have access to the entire farm, at least in my, my view. I've, I've hunted a lot of farms and had, or leased a lot of farms, or even I, on my own personal farm, there was areas of timber that I could never get back to until the crops came out. And usually that was sometime in mid, late October, and by that time, we're already a month into the deer season yeah. and you're trying to get back there to trim a stand or hang a stand or whatever. Uh, this allows you to utilize that portion of your farm uh, sooner than later. Right. And so you hear a lot of people talk about, well, I don't want to put trails in and, and disturb, even if it's a sanctuary or whatever it is. But a lot of times I'm like, maybe for the two weeks that it takes to put the trail in, you might disturb it. But after that... Oh. You can get to your stand quietly. And, and if it is a sanctuary situation, uh, one of the best things you could do is to put a trail through it because that allows those deer to to get out of out of that that timber area or that bedding area that they're in all the time and have a easy access in and out of there. And that ends up becoming a uh, a scrape line or a rub line on that trail, so on and so forth. And and just because it's a sanctuary doesn't mean you can't go into it. What's nice is you'd be able to get into it easier, find your sheds and get out of there yeah. versus trampling through the whole thing. At least this way you could get in and out a lot simpler and, and, and uh, less intrusive. Yeah. Or if you put a stand on the edge of it, you know, if there's no trails and you're stomping, you know, in the middle yeah. of fall through the leaves in there. Um, I just when you know, I don't deer hunt as much as you guys do, but. Sometimes it's just nice to sneak in quietly right down a trail, get to your stand, and you know, hopefully don't blow any of the deer out. So Correct. I hear that theory sometimes. It's like, hey, let's just leave that 80 alone and do nothing to it. It makes sense to me. It but, does. But trails, once they're in, I think they're helpful. Very helpful. And you know, it, it's also the, the, the way that you do trails. You, know, you can do them like you and I have done them every single way possible probably. I mean, some yep. people could come in and use a dozer, which is probably, in my opinion, not the way to do it because well let's hop into that one so that's the last question is how you do it so and there's a few different trails we're talking about but first yeah. to start let's talk about timber i guess you're your you got primary trails secondary trails yeah. access trails so on and so forth but you know if you're talking about a timber track that you would just want to be able to get around don't in my personal opinion don't go blowing in there with a dozer and and your footprint is so great by doing that i mean you've got a lot of disturbed uh, dirt you have erosion problems things like that what we john and i like to do is use a skid steer with say a forestry cutter and make a five six seven eight foot wide trail that all you're doing is is shredding some of the very small 
non-desirable trees, you know, your four, three, four, five, six inch diameters, you know, uh, uh, soft maples, things like that to do your trail system. And within a couple weeks, probably two to three weeks after you're done, you'll have no idea a machine was ever even in there. Yeah. I even like that the forestry machine sort of mulches that a little bit. It, it, it shreds everything up and kind of puts a, a matting on the ground to keep the weeds and everything from growing up. Yeah, I like that. This is my favorite way to do trails too. The one downside, and I don't know if I'd call it a downside because I like it, but when you have a dozer in there, you can pretty much make it wherever you want. Correct. You know, And there's no tree too big almost. Right, there's no tree too big. Um which is a downfall too, because if you say I want my trail here, and you take out anything in your way. Sometimes you're taking out trees that maybe yeah, some shouldn't. some of your some of your younger oaks and things <clears throat> like that. Um, uh, I'm not saying that there isn't an, an application for the dozer, yeah. but it your the footprint of that dozer yeah. is much greater than doing a hand cut trail or a using a skid steer with a force recutter. So when you do the skid steer trails, you almost have to work with the terrain a little bit you do you, you pick you, the path you but. pick the path you use ridges to your advantage uh things like that creek banks uh you know some you know if you got to make a creek crossing using low water areas coming off of a ridge onto a sandbar or something like that you yeah. just you kind of go with the uh with however nature has laid out that piece of property versus you know, just picking a straight line. And as everybody knows, there's no straight lines in nature. Yeah. So, you know, that's what we like to use in the skid steer. I, I agree. But that could, you know, it's like, hey, I want to go from here to there. Well, it may not work that way. But I think the end product is like, it's a cooler product because you got a Correct. winding trail. You use kind of like, you find the low spot to cross. So I think it's neat. And you can also accent, accent features within the property by doing it that way. For Instead sure. of just going from point A to point B in a straight line, you can wind around a little bit and maybe there's a big bluff on a creek bank that you can come up to the side of so that people can overlook the creek or the valley yeah. or things like that. Mm -hmm. So, Oh, we've been on farms that are 80 acres and you drive in. It's like, man, I think felt like it was a 640 one, yeah. or whatever it was, yeah. you know? So uh, I agree with that. So uh, I think that's it we tackled. That's the how. That was timber though. I guess if you're talking about uh, a field edge, trail it's a little different but that's you talked a little bit about that it's pretty easy well there's a few ways to do it you can first just tell your farmer not to plant so close i mean that's the easy way that's easy and just way. mow the weeds or you can go in there and drill whatever you yeah know, you grass. can plant it like i said an alfalfa or a, or a clover or just plain grass or you know you can come in with a a dozer and push back the timber edge that is usually nothing but small invasive species of things that you know, needs to go away and push it back into the timber, which is kind of an eyesore for a while. Or you can just use, again, the forestry cutter on a skid steer and grind all that up and, and take that, that uh, field edge that's encroached into the tillable. And now you're adding actually more value to your farm because you there's instances you could gain anywhere from 16 to 32 rows of crops. Yeah, That's even leaving a 10-foot strip around your field. Yep. So I've even seen that. It seems like when there's a trail in place, you get less encroachment from the timber just because you're now you're aware of it. Like if there's no you're, trail, right? You're aware of it. One, yeah. two, you're maintaining your 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 yeah. trail around the field because you're mowing it once or twice or three times a year, whatever it is. And then when you've got those overhanging or in, and stuff encroaching onto your trail, you're cutting them back now. Before you never did; it just kept coming into the field. Exactly. Um, okay. Well, I think we covered all the kind of basic questions there. Again, wrapping it up. Trails, at least to me, are the um, probably the best way to increase not necessarily value right away, but it increases the um, 
kind of the resale market. So to me, that is value. Like the quicker you can sell a farm, the better. So, uh, and in terms of enjoyment, you know, if you can't access all your property, you're just not going to enjoy it to its full fullest potential. So for us, trails are huge. Uh, any access to a property is a big deal. So uh, again, we do all this stuff. If you're looking for ways to improve your farm, uh, give, us a, give us a call and we'll come check it out. But again, this was the first uh, of this series. So we will be back at you shortly with the uh, next nine ways to improve the value and enjoyment of your farm. Thanks for listening.